The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze with Grace Goller. Dealing with cancer is by no means easy to handle, but our program aims to make it easier through knowledge. Whether you've been recently diagnosed, are going through treatment right now, or are a survivor, our program will have points that you should hear. And by sharing our stories together, we'll make it truly a life-changing experience that you don't have to go through alone. Now, here is your host, Grace Goller. Hello and good afternoon to those of you who are listening in the USA. Uh, this program is coming to you from the Gold Coast in Australia, which is where I have one of my practices. And uh, today we've got a very wet day coming up and uh, the end of Cyclone Oswald going to produce some rain and floods for our Australia Day weekend. So uh, today uh, on uh, Navigating the Cancer Maze, uh, for those of you who listen to the show regularly, you'll be aware that my focus has uh, always been on educating people about cancer. So education and awareness, in my opinion, is perhaps the most rewarding area in cancer medicine. I think to be able to help people to become savvy when it comes to prevention and early detection is a real buzz for me because so often in my work I see people at the other end of this spectrum where they've had cancer for a very long time uh, before they find our services and uh, things aren't so easy to work with then. Not impossible, but uh, not so easy for anyone to deal with. In thinking about today's program, I was really reminded about what the drivers are behind why people don't seek an early diagnosis and perhaps why people aren't conscious of prevention as well. And I think many people still fear cancer. It's Fear, I think, is the one single deterrent that stops people seeking proper medical attention, proper diagnosis. And yet it's a little incongruent because when discovered early, most cancers have a very high success rate for cure. So it's something that we fear and uh, we leave, but if we'd found it early or taken action, uh, the outcomes could have been very different. So we know that when a tumour is in the body, uh, that there's a greater risk of spread. And we heard on the show last year about circulating tumour cells and in particular circulating tumour stem cells. Now the stem cell part of that's quite important and if you want to go back and listen to the interview that um, Dr Ray Hammond kindly presented on the program, uh, you'll understand a little bit more about circulating tumour stem cells. Basically, 
Um, they're cells that begin leaving a primary tumour or, in fact, if you've got a secondary tumour, they leave the secondary tumour. Um, and this happens when it's about two millimetres in size and the tumours then go out into the circulation via these little cells and this is what creates um, secondaries, which is what we call metastases in cancer. So the earlier a tumour is found, it therefore decreases the risk of these circulating tumour stem cells, causing more tumours in other places. So uh, until recently, really the best targeted treatments for dealing with these circulating tumour stem cells and circulating tumour cells, um, it's mainly been aimed at killing these rapidly dividing cells. In other words, treating them with cytotoxics. Um, cytotoxic just simply means toxic to the cell. In other words, chemotherapy. And also treating with radiation. But during the past few years, there have been major, major leaps forward in much better targeted cancer treatments. And we'd like to talk about some of these uh, today. So back to why most cancer patients do not seek help earlier. I've uh, thought a lot about this fear issue and I ask it a lot of my patients. You know, what was the driver that kept you going to uh, see someone who wasn't actually helping with your symptoms? Why didn't you uh, pursue a certain line of, of thought or treatment? And uh, again, looking at fear as the major deterrent. So many people have said to me, that the fear of change is something that's prevented them from looking any further. Fear of change and fear of the unknown. And many people who have had anything to do with a cancer patient uh, often have seen the loss that goes with cancer. There's a lot of loss and grief that we've talked about uh, here on the program before. There are people who remember, you know, Aunt Nellie with her chemotherapy going bald and, and vomiting and being very, very ill, um, which has created a lot of fear in the young person. And I've said this on the show before and I'll say it again. It, it's one of the big uh, preventers of people actually choosing chemotherapy and choosing chemotherapies uh, that actually could work and that are potentially life-saving. So this old experience has really been the driver in, uh, in their decision-making. One of the other things, of course, which is a very practical side, is there's a fear of financial loss. And uh, certainly getting ill means a, a loss of income and that tends to be in the present and the possible loss of income in the long term. Um, many patients have said, yes, they initially were fearful for the loss of their life, but quite often that these other aspects came in, um, like the, the finances and the past experiences and fear of change and unknown, and that they tended to be the drivers behind their decision-making process. Really quite interesting coming from veterinary medicine because uh, many years ago when we had a veterinary practice, it was... Um, quite usual to have animals with really large tumours and you know we'd get those animals in and there were major organs involved sometimes or major blood vessels and we did the sort of surgeries that would really uh, challenge a human being and yet these animals came out of their anaesthetics, they wagged their tails, they um, were very happy they were looking for their next uh, doggy dinner and 
quite unperturbed by the experience of the surgery, uh, really as major as it was. And that was a great learning field because I really started to see back then that, you know, the dogs and the cats, horses, the cows, they didn't have all the psychological issues either that go around a diagnosis of cancer. And um, I saw many, many um, cures from surgery alone without anything else. And uh, that started me thinking on the, the train that I work with now in cancer medicine. And it was really a part of the introduction to the psycho-oncology in those days as well. Um, of course, the owners were the ones that were very concerned. And, uh, you know, we started finishing, uh, finishing the consultations by having to counsel um, the owners of the animals uh, who were far more distressed than the animal itself. So um, we need to look at some of these things that surround um, cancer in terms of fear and finance, etc. And I've got a little bit of practical advice. Some of it I've learned the hard way myself and um, other parts of this uh, has been passed on by patients. So being practical, a few tips. Where possible, put away some savings to cover for your health contingencies. Uh, sometimes superannuation. We've had many patients actually travel to Germany with a dreadful prognosis and they've actually used their life insurance policy. They've claimed it ahead of time and they've used their life insurance policy to actually live. Um, they weren't, uh, they were just wanting to take it each way bet. There wasn't any dishonesty in that at all. But they've uh, been able to access finances. And um, accessing finances in healthcare is one of the really big issues around today. If you can afford it, take out health insurance. Um, in Australia, a single individual can be covered by private health insurance for about the cost of a bottle of noni juice a week. Now, I've had patients tell me that they've depleted their savings and they've paid for expensive supplements and infusions that actually in the end made no impact on their cancer or its growth potential. And when it came for a hospital admission and uh, the opportunity to have potentially life-saving drugs, their options were really limited because they did not have their private health insurance. So uh, if you've been one of those people who are sitting on the fence and you can afford it and you can afford to buy supplements, I'd suggest go through the supplements and see what it is that you can kind of cut out of there and uh, put your money towards getting private health cover. It really can make a tremendous difference to the outcome, to the options. Um, one never knows when, you know, you're going to need to go to hospital without cancer but if you do have a diagnosis of cancer it's actually very important to have. Uh, income protection policies are another very practical tip. In fact when I had my um, surgical complications way way back in 1997 fortunately I had an income protection policy that I could claim from and without that I would have been in really dire straits. Now it, it didn't cover um, many of the major, major expenses that I had in overseas travel but it was enough to take the pressure off um, to make car payments, to you know do all those things that we're, we're so used to doing because when you're ill and your finances are cut off, that's another kind of stress that you can really do without. And I think we can just have a little bit of planning um, 
that horrible word planning for a rainy day. Uh, but in this case, in healthcare, I think it's getting more and more important because you do not want to have your options limited. So try, if you can, to have that little nest egg as well for putting away for the rainy day. I really encourage you to think about what might be possible for you in your circumstances because, uh, as we've just said, without these things, your options can be very limited. So in thinking about this week's program as well, I was thinking about the fear that drives people to to not find out uh, what's happening for them with their health. Um, a theme that's really emerged in the practice uh, for the past week has been people asking the following question. Why wasn't I told that this treatment was available for my condition? So today I thought it would be really helpful to explore that theme and we are going to come back after the break and we're going to um, comb through some of the new treatments that are available today, how and why they can help. life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hulvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G dash clinic dot com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now... Back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Hi, Grace Gawler here. We're back with Navigating the Cancer Maze. And today we're exploring why wasn't I told that this treatment was available for my condition. Um, we've looked at, uh, in the last segment, if you've missed it, if you've just joined in, some of the things that are the drivers of why people do not seek um, a cancer diagnosis, an early diagnosis. And... We're moving on to really look at um, the way that modern medicine also can be a bit of a deterrent for people who are seeking answers. Uh, we talk a lot about alternative medicine on this program, but, you know, equally on the other side, conventional medicine's not perfect. Um, one of the advantages is 
and it's a disadvantage as well, is that there's uh, medical specialisation. Um, now, this has, as we said, great benefits. You know, a thyroid doctor gets to know everything about your thyroid gland. Um, a chemotherapist studies, he knows everything about chemotherapy and all the pharmaceuticals, etc., that are required for chemotherapy. The radiation oncologist knows a lot about his or her field in nuclear medicine. But, you know, those last people probably don't know a lot about the thyroid <laughs> or other more obscure forms of treatment related to their field of expertise. Um, and this is one of the things that I find very, very common, and it's the reason why a treatment um, was not uh, given to a patient or that a patient was not told that a certain treatment might become available. The corridors of medicine and specialisation, although they're wonderful and essential, can be very limiting. And, uh, you know, I know my own colleagues, um, they tend to read the Journal of Medical Oncology, the Journal of Oncology, but um, a lot of people don't read radiation uh, oncology, for instance. People don't read about um, other things that are outside their field. And actually, I realised this week that it's one of the things that makes um, this institute quite unique in terms of the way we provide options for patients, because we are saying to people, People. Well, yes, this is available over here and then over to the right there's this and in the middle is this and maybe you should go and ask your doctor about these particular therapies. And uh, we find by having that more eclectic view that we can provide patients, cancer patients, with much, much better options. You know, in the old days, the GP or the family physician um, likely had a pretty broad experience in many different areas of medicine. They knew you, they knew the family, they knew the neighbourhood, they knew what went on. Um, they had a lot more, um, I guess, savvy and expertise because of their experience. And we find today that, you know, we have to go to the GP quite often. Most days the GP doesn't come to us anymore. And... Uh, Things are very quick and there's not enough time taken. Uh, all of these things can actually limit our options when we're dealing with cancer. And uh, for instance, there's a great example here in Australia. Um, a major hospital here in Brisbane purchased a machine. Uh, it's a radiation treatment machine. It's a scanner as well. It's called a tomotherapy um, machine or unit. And uh, now many patients here on the Gold Coast and in Brisbane and in Queensland had never heard of tomotherapy. Now, I'd heard of it because of my time in um, Germany and it's been used there for some time with great effectiveness. Um, the hospital here can treat probably around about 20 patients a day and it's used for very specialised forms of cancer where that normal radiation therapy that you have uh, could be quite damaging to your surrounding tissues. And uh, it has pinpoint accuracy. So it treats, it's called a helical scanner treater, and it actually treats from different angles in a rotation method with a very fine-tuned radiation therapy beam. Um, so if you're someone with head and neck cancer, and we've had a number of people in the past few years, this is one of the cancers that's actually on the rise and is often connected with the HPV-16 virus as well. 
Um, so if you're dealing with that sort of cancer listening today, um, it's very important to be checked out for um, that particular virus. But we've had patients coming through here who um, have been told they'll lose half their jaw, all of their jaw, half their face. And um, I've been able to send them to my local, more free-thinking uh, oncologist here. And he's treated with some smart antibodies, some smart chemotherapy. And then there's been local treatment, local chemotherapy treatments, not systemic, that have been able to restore these people's um, health and uh, also bring them into remission. Uh, many patients we've also taken to Germany uh, to the Halvan Clinic, which you hear about on this show, and uh, they've had some remarkable responses. I'll talk a little bit later about one of the uh, therapies there that's been particularly helpful. Head and neck cancers, mesotheliomas, um, can also uh, be treated by this tomotherapy, and the wonderful thing is that you don't get the damage like in the old days when you had radiation therapy. There was a lot of damage to surrounding tissues. Once again, a lot of people have seen grandma, grandpa, auntie, uncle, friend um, in the past who has had a radiation treatment. They've been burned and it's a dreadful, dreadful um, thing when that happens. But radiation treatments today have changed and um, I think, you know, basically I'm often saying cancer needs a makeover because uh, there's a whole past influence that is no longer relevant to the treatments of today. And uh, the more modern cancer hospitals in particular have machines like tomotherapy. Um, you know, I think knowledge is a really powerful tool. Um, and I must say here too that today's show isn't to self-diagnose, but I'm really very keen to empower people with knowledge and to find solutions through accessing what I call smart medicine and encouraging you to ask questions of your treating doctors, ask questions of your naturopath, ask questions of all of the people that are involved. Take along a tape recorder to your consultations. Take along a friend who can also scribe and take notes and perhaps ask the questions that you're not asking. All of these things make a tremendous uh, difference to outcome. Um, I've often said with the internet too on this program, you know, you've got to be really aware of Dr. Internet. But instead of trawling the internet for alternative medicine treatments, um, learn to equip yourself by discovering the enormous range now of good conventional medicine. Quite often the patient blogs have excellent dialogues of people who have tried uh, this kind of uh, therapy or that kind of therapy, a tomotherapy, a cyber knife, a radio frequency. And uh, it's quite good to get into those dialogues and to read some of those because it's a very intelligent way, I think, of navigating the cancer maze. Also good from the connection point of view to join one of those blogs because it can be fairly lonely out there even if you've got a lot of support. Uh, illness is very isolating and uh, I think if you can have support even if it's on a blog and sometimes that works better for people too because you know you, it's more impersonal and uh, you can be more disclosive without having any judgments actually uh, made against you. So let's get back to the basics and um, let's start following through a cancer diagnosis and uh, then we can explore some other ways of treatment that you may not have heard about. 
So bookmark this show today. This is the show you come back to when you want to know about things that are perhaps a little bit outside the square in medicine. So let's explore diagnosis time. We've looked at all the psychological aspects of diagnosis, um, but let's look more about the beginning when someone finds a lump um, maybe you found some blood in your stool and yes, we're going to have to talk about some of those unpleasant things today, what uh, we call the yucky stuff, but it's important to talk about it because when we don't talk about it, this is where we can really get into trouble. Um, the silence, things become like the elephant in the living room that nobody wants to talk about. And uh, so a person finds a lump, they find blood in their stools and by the way, I've had patients treated for hemorrhoids for more than two years, sometimes by naturopaths, sometimes by homeopaths, um, even sometimes by GPs who are too quick to get you out of the consulting room. Um, and some of the patients had never gone to a medical doctor at all. And as it turned out, and I have seen hundreds of these in my 38 years in working with patients, where a patient's got treated for hemorrhoids and they've had rectal cancer or colorectal cancer. And this means that valuable treatment time is lost. So you've lost that opportunity of the early diagnosis. You can't go backwards on that. And... Um, when diagnosis is delayed, guess what? It means a lot more treatment, a lot more time off work, a lot more finance, a lot more looking outside the square, whereas if something was treated in the beginning, it could have had a very um, much more simple outcome. And as we said before, the possibility for the cure. Um, it's often people are searching for the cure once they've got very advanced disease. So uh, I've, as I said, I've had hundreds of patients tell me stories like this. And a friend of mine uh, who's a therapist, actually, this is another aspect of, um, of working with massage therapists, for instance. Uh, she was a fellow therapist and she called me one day and she said, gee, you know, I've just been to my massage therapist today and I've had this tightness under my arm. And I asked her to just kind of have a look and she said, oh, yes, you know, there, there is. There's a, a lumpy area just near the armpit. Um, my friend said, well, you know, the massage therapist said it was okay, so I'm happy to go with that. Um, she said it was just scar tissue and actually blocked up lymph glands. So I was on the phone with my mouth agape as she proceeded to tell me how the massage therapist had worked on the lumps, prizing them apart. And funny, she said, now I'm sure I can feel three lumps. And uh, this was just before Christmas, 10 years ago, in fact, to this last Christmas. And uh, I rang up a surgeon friend of mine at the local breast clinic and I said, look, I need a favour from you. I know it's Christmas, but you must see this lady because I think, you know, she's got uh, breast cancer. And as you probably guessed by now, she did. She had advanced breast cancer and uh, she had to go on a very wide uh, regime of treatments, there was actually a lot of damage that was picked up on the scan where the massage therapist had actually worked on what was a tumour and separated it. It was now three tumours. Um, this was really a horrendous story for me. Um, I'm pleased to say that 10 years on, she's still doing exceptionally well. 
she did have a, a year's worth of treatment of chemotherapy and uh, some radiation therapy and also uh, some some Herceptin, which is one of the things that's um, useful for some ladies who are dealing with breast cancer. Um, we're going to come back uh, after the break shortly and we're going to look at some of the common signs um, not with breast cancer so much because that's more obvious, but we're going to look at some of the common signs of um, colon cancer and some of the gastrointestinal cancers because they're often the ones that do go under the radar. Uh, we've talked about the hemorrhoids and uh, those being um, mistreated or not treated, um, not discovered as what they really are. But uh, we've had enough people now through the program here to be able to um, say that do it early, get your early diagnosis. Um, sometimes you might have to work really hard to get that early diagnosis, but it's really important that you do. So we are going to come back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Holvung Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Hi, Grace Goller back with Navigating the Cancer Maze today and we're talking about signs and symptoms to get checked out. Um, as we mentioned in the last segment, please don't uh, use this as a self-diagnosis and self-treating session, but more importantly, this is information that you can take to your treating practitioner, um, go to a doctor, find out what's actually wrong with you and therefore set about a treatment phase. We were talking before the break um, about some of the signs and symptoms from bowel cancer, some of the digestive cancers and... Um, 
you know, once again, if you have some of these symptoms, if they've been chronic, um, it's really time to go and have them checked if you haven't. If they've started recently, I think for peace of mind, it's a really good idea to go and um, get checked out by a medical practitioner. Um, one of the things with digestive tumours is they can be very hard to actually locate. There's a series of tests that are required, and some of them are more pleasant than others. There's colonoscopies where um, a little telescope's inserted into the colon, and there's gastroscopies where a little telescope is inserted down um, the esophagus into the tummy and sometimes further. And they can take a little biopsy um, from um, this particular little machines, and that can be really very helpful in your diagnosis. If you've had a change in the colour of your bowel motion, uh, again, that's the yucky stuff to talk about, but quite often um, I've had people who have had pancreatic cancer and liver cancer or a bile duct cancer, which is one of the more um, rare ones, but we're seeing more of it these days, where they've said, oh, look, my, my stool's actually changed colour quite significantly and I thought it was something I was uh, else I was eating or another medication that I was taking. If you notice that, it can be a warning sign. So um, don't be bashful. Go along to your doctor and ask. Um, we get all kinds of shades of colours in, um, in the stool department, everything from green to white to clay. Um, if, if um, the stool is yellow or greasy, um, you know, that can indicate too much fat in the stool. It could be the first step in diagnosing celiac disease. So there's a lot we can tell um, from stool and from urine and from blood. Uh, other signs and symptoms to get checked out, um, you know, if you've had a constant um, ant, um, you have to take antacids, you've got a constant reflux problem. Um, if you have bloating, and remember Fran Drescher's story, she was diagnosed with IBS. If you miss Fran, um, go back and have a listen to her on Navigating the Cancer Maze. It was a really good interview, and she's now committed to helping women to have early detection of uh, many cancers as well as uterine cancer because she was misdiagnosed IBS, other female conditions, when she actually had uterine cancer. And it took her about two years to actually get that diagnosis. And there's someone going through the medical system. So uh, we often know that there's something that's not quite right. And I think when we have that inner sense, we should follow it through. Until we get satisfied that we've found out what's going on. Another warning sign, of course, is chronic or acute pain where you don't really have a reason for it. Um, swelling in your limbs or arms, um, uh, lymph glands, underarms, groins. And in the case of brain tumours, this is quite an interesting one. Um, noticing loss of balance or coordination, that's pretty obvious. Inability to concentrate. Um, mild fits, very mild fits where you just don't quite feel right. And as one patient said to me who had a, um, a glioblastoma multiforme, which um, is a very nasty brain tumour, uh, she's been quite successfully treated here in Australia and Germany at the moment, um, she noticed this and actually a friend of hers said, oh, Go along and see this um, the psychic. She's amazing. And um, because when she was having um, these little episodes, as she called them, she was actually triggered by past memories. 
And uh, so she went along to the psychic and the psychic said, oh, yes, you're having past life memory experiences and uh, you must have some psychic capabilities. In fact, she didn't. In fact, she had a brain tumor. And um, she went along and followed this through because she wasn't quite happy with that uh, diagnosis, fortunately. And uh, then she found successful surgeon and uh, she found some very good treatment as well. Early signs of leukemia or lymphoma can be fatigue, deep, deep fatigue, tired, much more tired than you used to be tired. And one of the keys is noticing that you bruise easily. So um, off to the doctor, it is to see why these symptoms are there. They may very well be nothing. But the number of people who have told me, and I've worked with 14,000 people over 38 years, probably closer to 15,000 now, um, in fact, but uh, the number of people that have told me that they had an inkling that something was wrong and they just put it off and put it off and put it off until they had quite a severe problem happening. So don't be one of those because uh, the longer you put off this diagnosis, the, the, the longer you have this sort of sense of ill at ease and um, a lack of peace of mind because it's kind of there all the time. So... Um, it is that elephant in the living room and it is disturbing you. You might not be talking about it, but at some level, it certainly can be. So uh, I think in looking around for somebody who's a good diagnostician is very important. Now, in the medical field, uh, there are people called physicians and physicians are experts in uh, differential diagnosis. In the old days, a lot of GPs it used to actually be uh, um, taking the role of a physician. But uh, these days you can go to a professional physician and um, I really recommend this, particularly if you've got something that's a little bit obscure. They are very good at getting to the bottom of things. Um, the specialist is the other port of call and, of course, first port of call sometimes is the GP. I think if you choose to go the natural therapies route, it's very important that you rule out that you don't have cancer. Um, and... Uh, you know, my own experience with this uh, has certainly come through my own family where many years ago now my sister um, had been uh, diagnosed with just digestive and liverish problems by a naturopath and a herbalist. And uh, the years went on, the symptoms kept going, my sister kept taking um, the uh, potions and various things from the naturopath, kept taking more and apparently still had these symptoms. And it wasn't until very late in the stage, she lived quite a distance from me in those days, so uh, it was mainly phone uh, conversations that we had, but she had this elephant in the living room and, uh, you know, she didn't want to talk about it. And uh, it turned out that she had a, um, a rare kind of liver cancer, uh, which was carcinoid, called carcinoid tumor or carcinoid syndrome, that had started in her appendix and had metastasized to her liver. Um, by the time that she had talked to me about this, her liver was five times its normal size. And... Uh, she tried to uh, access treatments, however, it was beyond the beyond and she had lost by that stage the, the will to live. Now, for me, this was a tremendous like experience because, um, you know, we heard last week about uh, Ian Maver's um, experience with his daughter working in palliative care and um, 
having uh, ovarian cancer and, you know, he's working at the end of life and then suddenly the daughter, you know, is in a hospice and dying. And we heard from uh, even Dr. Whelan a few weeks back still about PTSD with his trauma of working with uh, victims um, and uh, people who had died in the Bali bombings when he had to do uh, identification of those people and he had actually some um, some close friends of the family were in that um, in that dreadful scenario so for me it was like the equivalent of this you know here I am as a working in cancer um, working as a, a naturopath and and herbalist and working alongside a lot of oncologists in those days so it was quite um, shocking for me to have my sister in this condition and uh, you know, when she died, I really started to look a lot more closely. I started to ask more questions of the people that I was seeing because I realized that there were a lot of people out there like my sister and uh, that I perhaps hadn't been questioning people thoroughly enough about what they had done, um, certainly in the past. So uh, we can learn a lot and... Uh, I think, sadly, many of us in the health profession do learn our most significant lessons, not from our textbooks, but from the real life experience, not only with patients, but also with our family. Um, so it's always been for me really very important that we break the silence that surrounds cancer and that we need to work, as we said earlier, with the fear. And we need to almost like break that trance um, that's around there by talking openly uh, because when we do that, we can also find out what's available, get a proper diagnosis and search our options. So that's my uh, probably my biggest uh, lesson, I think, for the whole of my work. And uh, we did have uh, Professor Ray Lowenthal also on the show a few programs back, and uh, he talked about this importance of diagnosis, of biopsy, of blood tests, of scans. You have to know what you have in order to treat it. It sounds so basic, but this goes under the radar so, so often. Um, I'd like to move on now to talking uh, a little bit about prostate cancer. This is um, one that I get a lot on my emails, uh, men dealing with prostate cancer at all stages. And one of the questions here that I'm commonly asked is about you know, what's happening with PSA and what's happening with scanning with prostate cancer and what uh, what's out there that men can do if they've got prostate cancer already. So we're going to take a break shortly and when we come back, I'm going to talk about a new, relatively new um, type of scanning for men who have had prostate cancer and who've had a radical prostatectomy, but the prostate cancer has kept on keeping on. Um, so that will be very helpful information for anybody listening today who has prostate cancer or who has had it in the past. So we are going to take a break and we will be back soon on Navigating the Cancer Maze. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Holvon Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Hi, Grace Gawler here, back with Navigating the Cancer Maze. And uh, we are talking about uh, today prostate cancer. Uh, just before the break, we were looking at a new method or relatively new method for men who have uh, a high PSA, who have had prostate cancer, maybe had a radical prostatectomy, prostatectomy rather, and uh, who are looking at how can I diagnose anything that's going on for me at a later stage. Um, it's really important that you know the options here. Uh, there are many people that are using special MRI techniques for the proper diagnosis of um, prostate cancer. The PSA is well known, become very controversial um, because we're feeling that we're perhaps over-diagnosing people that um, have a high PSA reading but maybe don't have any um, cancer that's detectable. So uh, we've really got to watch that we don't over-treat in this. The scan that um, I'd advise you if you're in this situation with prostate cancer or to at least know about if you have prostate cancer um, is a called it's a PET CT scan that has radioactive choline now that's C-H-O-L-I-N-E this is a very special so it's a choline PET CT it's actually called it's a very special kind of a scan that's significantly better than conventional imaging technologies in detecting prostate cancer Um, and as I said particularly if you've had a relapse after you've had a prostatectomy Uh, the Germans uh, at the clinic at the Halvang clinic the German doctors also use these because this kind of scan helps differentiate normal uh, tissue and prostate cancer tissue and that's one of the very important things. A lot of people who have prostate cancer can have a lot of excessive biopsies um, and it's a very, very difficult area in medicine at the moment. So anything that you can um, find that's going to help you in a very non-invasive way um, to diagnose prostate cancer 
Uh, even sort of uh, some people are using them at the earlier stages as well. I think they're not such a, a cheap uh, or inexpensive uh, scan to have, but the beauty of it is that you find out a lot of information. And so this is really very ideal uh, if you're looking at ways of navigating the cancer maze intelligently. So uh, scanning, uh, there's MRI scans, there's still the good old X-ray, and uh, these can be done at lower uh, levels of radiation. Uh, there's ordinary PET scans, there's bone scans. So know what you're having. Ask the reason why you're having a particular scan. Really get informed and really keep good notes and records because you need to be educated. You need to have some knowledge if you're going to navigate the cancer maze effectively to get the best outcomes and not just be someone who's pushed along um, by the first thing that uh, that just is suggested to you. Um, surgery is another um, ongoing treatment for some people in navigating the maze. Now, there's a really big myth around surgery. We touched on it with Ray Lowenthal a few weeks ago. Many people think that once the air gets in, once it's cut, that all those cells get released and um, the cancer is going to grow. I've had some people this week, some very, very lovely people who have done alternative medicine now for two and a half years. Lady had breast cancer, had a mastectomy, should have had follow-up treatment and chose not to. And they've been doing it all naturally. It's come back with an absolute vengeance and she's very, very ill at the moment. And, you know, so sadly, um, her husband's been speaking with me because she's been too ill. And... Uh, he said, well, we just didn't know how cancer worked. We just thought we could do this with the, with the natural therapies. And he said, we just believed it was the surgery. The surgery did it, and that's why she got secondaries in so many places. So um, as we know from the circulating tumour cells that we talked about earlier, that that is not the case. And uh, this is happening right down to the DNA, right down to the genes where this damage is actually done. And this is why we need as many things from the armory of the complementary medicine world, sometimes the alternative medicine world and the conventional medicine world uh, combined with good psycho-oncology because this gives you the absolute best chance of um, getting through. Um, Anti-angiogenesis therapy is something that a number of people also have asked me about uh, who are listeners to this program. Now, angiogenesis is the ability of those little tumor stem cells to create new blood vessels, feed themselves and grow. And a lot of medical treatments, particularly some of the antibodies um, that are around these days, monoclonal antibodies they're called, um, Avastin's probably the most common of those that we know about, um, things that actually can interfere with that cell's ability to create a new blood supply, it's going to have a very, very big input on outcome. So it's pretty much across the board in most, if not all cancers, that um, angiogenesis is a big problem in why the circulating tumour stem cells can support themselves in their environment. So it's something, again, that you can ask about. Um, in talking about scanning and other techniques as well, we've talked about tomotherapy. Um, explore CyberKnife. If you have a tumour in an area where it's uh, 
maybe on a blood vessel or inoperable for various reasons, explore CyberKnife. Um, that's C-Y-B-E-R, knife, um, sometimes called gamma knife. Um, there's also a radio frequency knife, radio frequency treatment. These are some of the really new fantastic uh, treatments that can actually remove a tumour without damaging the surrounding tissue. Uh, CyberKnife, I've just had someone who's had some lung tumours uh, treated with CyberKnife. Another person's had some brain tumours treated. And it's a one-treatment blast. Um, there's a very, very inspiring story that you can have a look at on the uh, internet. And it's about an opera singer. And her name is Zheng Chao. That's Z-H-E-N-G and then C. A-O. She has a miracle story um, about being treated with good, uh, good chemotherapy, good uh, cyber knife treatment and um, also antibodies. And her story is very inspiring. There's an ABC News um, article about her and you can watch her on the video. She finished up also marrying her cyber knife uh, treating doctor and who knows what little addition that that also had. Um, bringing that aspect of love into her life. So um, CyberKnife is, I think, really going to come into its own far more. Uh, know about tumour markers. Ask about them. Look them up on the internet. Have a look at uh, the National um, Cancer Institute's website. They've got some fantastic information on there about tumour markers. You need to know what they are because they can tell you various things about your tumour, get your doctor to explain to you what they are and how they are affecting you, um, how they can be used in your treatment and how they can be used to check if everything's going okay with your treatment. Different tumours have different tumour markers, so there's a very large number of them. It's important you know uh, what's affecting your tumour. Um, we're going to run out of time today. I can see we'll have to revisit this subject again. But in fact, we, um, we will through the various avenues of uh, surgeons and doctors that we'll be having on the show during the next few months. Uh, we'll have uh, people who are specialists in the area of colon and um, rectal surgery. We'll have um, people who's a gynecologist, uh, a very, very um, advanced uh, treating gynecologist will be on the show in a couple of weeks' time. And uh, we'll be looking through at all of these treatments again. So don't think you've kind of uh, missing out on things today in navigating the cancer maze, um, certainly because we've had a bit of a time constraint. And remember, you can always contact me. Now, the treatments that I'd really like you to have a look at are on the page of the website, German Cancer Treatments, that's with an S, dot com. Go to the Treatments and Doctors page because there you will find an amazing array of recorded treatments from the Halvang Clinic in Germany. This is one of the clinics that I consult to and take groups to from Australia. Um, treatments there, we're going to be interviewing some of the treating doctors uh, from Halvang and uh, I'd really recommend that if you are in a position 
where you're running out of options. Don't leave it as a last resort. If you go in early diagnosis to Germany, fantastic. But if you're running out of treatment options, please have a look at this website and you will find there some treatments that you may have thought just did not exist. So we're coming to the end of our time today. It's been an absolute pleasure sharing my life and information and uh, tips with you. Please email me at institute at gracegawler, that's G-A-W-L-E-R, institute at gracegawler.com if you have any questions or click the button here on the website. And I'll be back with you next week on Navigating the Cancer Maze. Bye for now and have a wonderful week. Thank you again for listening to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Please join your host, Grace Goller, again next Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, cancer is not something you have to face alone. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.